All right, John, today's topic is not just for young men. We're, we're certainly going to be talking to young men today, but it's really for men of all ages. It's guys our age. It's probably even guys older than us. It's young, young boys even, because today we're going to talk about running from pornography. And John, porn is truly like an epidemic. I feel like it's a bigger deal today, even than it was when we were boys. And so that's why we're so passionate about today's episode and this topic. Dads, listen to this with your sons. Young men, talk about this with your mentor, with a men's group. Older guys, talk about this. This might be a topic, John, that guys have to come back to, you know, every couple of weeks or every couple of months, whenever they need to, to just be reminded about some of the things we're going to be talking about today. I couldn't agree more. I think back when I was a, a young man, even a boy, you kind of had to look for it. I, I still remember the first time a friend of mine and I found, you know, his dad's magazine and, and you had to, you had to go somewhere. You had to, you know, you had to kind of rummage around and now, I mean, it's just everywhere. I, I saw an interview with, with Jordan Peterson, not too long ago. He made the comment that any 10 year old boy can see more images of naked women in three minutes than King Solomon saw in his entire lifetime, the wealthiest guy on earth at the time. That's pretty scary when you think about yeah. it. Yeah, and, I, and I, just at the outset, I want to I want to just acknowledge, John, that that listening to this, talking about this, can even really be a trigger for guys who struggle with this. So I want to just give you you an assurance if you're listening to this. We're going to try not to be too descriptive here. Um, I think if you struggle with porn, you know what we're talking about, uh, dads. If you're talking about this with your young boys, you might have to have some additional conversations as appropriate with your young boys to, so that we know what we're talking about here. But John, I, <clears throat> I know my son said that some of his friends told him not to read, you know, the book, um, every man's battle, which I always encourage people to read. And, and my son said, well, everyone that read it, that struggled with porn said that there were too many triggers in the book. And so we're, we're going to try not to do that here. We don't want to like describe things in such a way that we're triggering this problem that you might have. And so that, I think, John, that's why one of, that's one of the reasons this conversation's so hard to have and probably why dads maybe struggle having this conversation with their son. Well, it really is one of those topics that, that I would say every man struggles with to some degree. So it takes a measure of humility, you know, even as a dad, I've had to I've had to admit to my sons that you know there have been times in my life when when I have lost in this battle, and that's a very hard thing to do. So I I'm, I'm with you, dads. So, you know I, I understand how stressful it can be to have this conversation, but I just really want to encourage you to take the time to be intentional with your boys because they're they're fighting it. They're fighting it every single day, and they're fighting at an earlier age than you and I did. Yeah, and before we get into some of our practical advice on this, I just want to encourage men and young men to think about it like this. This is a purity battle. It you, you're you're pursuing purity for the rest of your life. I don't want you to think that you're going to come to a, a day. I don't think you you probably will. Most men, you're going to come to a day where you, when you're just not tempted anymore. When a woman's body isn't that, you know. Um, that enticing that you want to pursue, you know, some of the stuff that happens around this topic. It's just, at least it hasn't happened for me, John, probably not for you either. Women are beautiful to me. And I have a battle every single day to be pure. 
And I think that's how people need to think about it. This is a battle that we should engage together with other men and, and we can win the battle. But it's, it's a pursuit of purity every single day. It's not, it's not the pursuit of like, um, I'm completely healed and I'll never have a temptation ever again. Yeah, I agree. I think for 99.9% for of men, this is something that as long as, as, long as you have your senses, you're going to struggle with it. For whatever reason, God in his, in his goodness made men visual creatures, you know, even more so than women. I know, I know women, you know, uh, can have visual attraction, obviously for sure, but there's just something about the way God wired us that we are visually attracted. Yeah. And the reason this is so important, one more thing, John, before I know we're, we're, we're kind of waiting to get to some of this really practical stuff. I can't wait to talk about this topic, but one more thing about it is Man, the reason this is so important is because God wants to set you free. And when you when you are struggling with pornography, when you're struggling in your in with sexual temptation, he the enemy loves it because he wants to make you impotent, right, John? That's a that's kind of a word that is related to all of this impotence, and we mean that in not just sexually impotent, but just even impotent in your spiritual life. I think there is an irony there, Brian, that after the so-called sexual revolution and and when porn became so much more readily available, you know, when, when good old Hugh Hefner there decided, Hey, let's, let, let's take this to the next level and put this garbage out there for everyone. We literally have multiple generations of what I call impotent boys with whiskers. Now I want to be sensitive to anyone listening that, that has, you know, ED issues that, that have nothing to do with pornography, but it's, you know, it's a physiological issue, but I, I'm firmly convinced, Brian, the reason you see so many commercials for, I mean, we all know the drugs. I don't need to, to get into the names of the drugs uh, is because our, our sense of attraction, our sense of what intimacy is supposed to be like is so distorted from pornography that it's left literally millions of men impotent. And so the thing that's supposed to make you a, a man, I'm, I'm talking about with the way culture thinks, right? That the chasing women and, and looking at pornography and doing these things makes you manly actually has done just the opposite for millions and millions of guys. Amen, brother. I totally agree. So young men, if you're listening, if you don't want to struggle with ED, and I'm with you, John, there are probably other reasons, but I bet you the majority of the men who struggle with it with ED, erectile dysfunction, struggle with pornography. I can, I don't have stats on it, but I'm sure that's true. You can send an email to us if you think you've got some other information on that. But I'm telling you, young man, you don't have to struggle with that, but you have to win this purity battle and you win it, not just in your body, you win it in your mind. And so John, let's, let's jump into our talking points. And again, fathers, sons, young men, men's groups, you can talk about this at pursuegod.org forward slash men. And I encourage you to use the discussion questions and the talking points. We're going to be walking through them here, but more important than listening to our conversation, you should have your own conversation. So here's the first thing, John, God's word, the Bible instructs us to flee from sexual immorality, not to see how close we can get without giving into temptation, which I think is so different. Young man, you should run from sexual immorality, you shouldn't see how close you can get to the fire. 1 Corinthians 6, 18. Run from sexual sin. I love the word that's used there, run. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. 
for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. And what's interesting, there are a lot of verses in the Bible, Brian, that talk about you know, standing and persevering and enduring and putting on the full armor of God and all these things. But when it comes to sexual sin, Paul doesn't say stand and fight. He says, run, like get out of there as fast as you can. And man, what a slippery slope it is for guys, particularly in this, in this issue of pornography. I've, you know, I remember for me, it, it started as, as you hear this saying a lot, right? It started innocently enough. How many guys do you and I know or, or stories we've heard where that's what a guy says? And, you know, I know for me, I, w- I was literally looking at scores on Sports Illustrated and saw an image of a, of a cheerleader and, and I should have run right then. Like that was kind of the door. That was where I started going down a slippery slope. And had I run right then and there, it would have saved so much, so much heartache, you know, so many wounds. Yeah, for me, John. Again, we're not going to get into great detail here, but for me, it was similar. It was it was Sports Illustrated Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition, which, when I think about that now, that is nothing compared to what is on the phones of our young men today. Well, all of us really. It's crazy how the enemy uses our phones and our computers, our screens, to tempt us. But back in our day, back in our day, John, we had to we had to go look for it. We had to go kind of sort of seek it out a little bit. And and I remember for me, it was some, it starts small, maybe not for everybody, but I know a lot of young men saw their dads, you know, Playboy or Penthouse magazines. I, I hear that story again and again for people our age. And so it's, it can start really small. It's like the enemy, we talk about this in our spiritual warfare series online, that the enemy gets footholds in our life. And then those footholds lead to strongholds. They turn into strongholds. And and a stronghold is different because that's when it's like the enemy, we've invited the enemy in, right? Think about the visual in your mind is, is Satan puts his foot in the door of your life. But if you don't deal with that, when it's a foothold, then pretty soon he's going to push his way in. He's going to close the door behind him. And now he's established residence in your heart. And that's kind of what's happened for so many young men. So don't even let it be a foothold. Yeah. And I think young men, I would just challenge you to make that decision ahead of time, make the decision ahead of time that you're going to run, make the decision ahead of time that you're going to, you're going to break that gaze that, that you're going to get better at, at looking the other way, you know, Job and imagine what Job would say to us in our culture, uh, because our culture is so highly sexualized, but, but all the way back in his day in Job 31.1, he said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman. Job made a decision. You know, he made a firm decision. He wasn't, wasn't wishy-washy about it. He said, I made a covenant with my eyes. And that's not language that we use a lot really in, in our day-to-day you know, nomenclature, but, but a covenant was a big deal, right? It was a firm promise. Yeah, in fact, that verse is on our Lust Sucks wristbands. Guys, if you want to grab one of these, grab a bunch of these, wear them yourself, share them with your men's group, with your accountability partner. Um, You can find that at the bottom of our website at PursueGod.org in the merch section of the website. But John, why don't we right here, why don't we talk about um, just some practical ways that people can run from sexual immorality, like it's saying in this passage. Let's be, let's help people be strategic again. We'll just kind of start the conversation here. It's important for you. And when you're talking about this with your dad or your men's group to really get into details and hold each other accountable, what are some things, John, people can do? Again, what you want to remember young men and and men of any age, 
think ahead. It, it is a battle. I love how you said, Brian, it, it's a fight. You know, this is a war for purity. So you got to be strategic. You don't just walk into a battle unprepared. So a couple things I'd recommend, avoid apps on your phone that you know are going to lead to temptation. So I, I do not have TikTok on my phone. I'll never have it. I don't have Instagram. I'm not saying that nobody should have Instagram. I just know for me, it'd be a trigger. So I don't have it. Uh, YouTube might be a trigger for you. Now, I, 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 I'm on YouTube a lot. You know, our church has a YouTube channel. I, I have a YouTube channel. And so, but even with that, I'm very careful about when and where I open up that YouTube app on my phone. Another thing that I'd recommend is to get a program like, like Net Nanny or Covenant Eyes or something similar on all your electronics so that you have an accountability partner who's going to be notified if you're going somewhere you shouldn't go. You know, don't keep your phone within your room at night. You know, young men, charge, charge your phone in another room of the house at night when you're going to bed or, or just commit to turn it off. But don't, don't have your phone on and in your room with you at night when everybody else is asleep. Same thing with a computer. You know, if you're going to have a computer in your room, I, I wouldn't have your door closed. I would make sure your computer's off at night. One of the things that, that I, and I, I, I haven't done it recently, and I guess it's because, and I don't want to be arrogant about this, but I've, I've, I've been winning this battle for a long time now, but, but there was a time when I wasn't. And so I would, when I was traveling a lot, I would tell the front desk clerk to cancel the pay-per-view movies in my room because it's pretty embarrassing to go back and say, Hey, would you turn those back on? <laughs> because everybody would know why. Mm. So, but just, just little things like that, that you can do ahead of time, make up your mind ahead of time will save you a lot of heartache. Yeah, that's good. I, and I would say to young men, if you're dating, uh, this, this should go without saying, but we're going to say it. if you're dating, don't, don't hang out alone in your room with your girlfriend. Just don't do it. Like I remember John, when I, when I dated, Tracy and I, and she's my, she's my wife now, but when we were dating, like I made, and guys, this is where you need to lead. I said to her at the very beginning of our dating relationship, Hey, if this is going to go anywhere, like I want, we're going to be pure and I want you to be on board with me. Like you can tempt me and I don't want you to do it. I want you to be in on this with me. Like we're going to be pure together. So we had, I know this is going to sound like maybe I'm a prude, but I'm, I tell young people this all the time, guys, kissing is foreplay. That's what it is. The kissing is foreplay. Now I know, I know again, you might be like, I can't believe that. Like, you're not, you're telling me I can't kiss. Look, all I'm saying is I told, I told my girlfriend at the time, Tracy, I said, I'm not going to kiss you until I ask you to marry me. And even, and even then, so we would hold hands and things like that. But man, when we set a boundary like that, where we didn't kiss, it really just kept us from crossing those other boundaries. So again, Satan wants to get a foothold and then establish a stronghold. If you struggle with this, then establish foot, establish those boundaries in your relationship with girlfriends, young men, so that you don't cross over those boundaries. Because John, I'll tell you what, once I proposed to her and kissing was on the table again, that's when the battle got so hard for us. And so I, I would almost go back and do it differently, honestly. If I could do it again, I, I would almost just say, hey, we're just not we're just not going to do that. We're just not going to at least we're not going to kiss kiss passionately, you know, and uh, and any kind of boundary you can set. Man, if you if you care about winning this battle, then you should be willing to set crazy. boundaries. We're going to talk about this a little bit in the podcast, Brian, but I, I can just hear some of the guys saying that's brutal. You know, I, I'm going to be missing out on so much, you know, Brian, if I do that. 
you're not guys. We're going to get into what you're going to be missing out on. And it's, it's nothing you want. Yeah. Because the truth is pornography is a distortion of God's gift of sex within the marriage relationship. That's how God wants sex to work. It's a, it's for a one man, one woman in the context of a marriage relationship. That's what the Bible says. And so if you bring it outside of that, not just sex, but pornography and viewing, viewing stuff like that, then it's going to distort your expectations. Young men, hear us. It will distort your expectations and it will set you up for a lifetime of disappointment and hurt. I mean, John, those are pretty intense words right there. Is that really well, that's true? That's 100% true. I think some things we've talked about earlier, you know, with, with the rise of ED and these other things are, are proof that this doesn't go away. You know, this, you don't, you don't get to look at all of this trash and, and, you know, studies have shown that your brain literally fires in the same way as when you take a hit of, of a controlled substance. You, you can't do that for weeks and weeks or months and months or years and years, and then just expect to walk away from that. Now, look, God can redeem that. Don't get me wrong. God's grace is bigger, but, and it's all fake, Brian. It's, it's not, it's not real. As someone who's been married now for 27 years and, and, you know, again, I want to be careful, but I, I would say I have a very healthy physical intimacy with my wife. It, it's not what you see on the screen. I mean, many of the women in those videos have, have taken drugs and alcohol minutes before just to get through the scene. Uh, the thing that I think pornography does, and even advertising, and this is what, what drives me up the wall with, with the media and, and the way it's infiltrated everything is, it gives you the impression that women are always in the mood, that your wife will will always desire you, that every time you walk in the door, she, she wants to get her hands on you. Well, guys, that's just not the real world. I mean, that's just not how it works. Uh, it's going to set up unhealthy expectations for your marriage. And, and then when those expectations aren't met, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be disappointed with your spouse. It leads to so much, so much, uh, so many wounds. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you this, I, uh, man, there, John, there are even pastors out there, preachers out there. I know Mark Driscoll is kind of famous for this, and I'm not trying to throw pastors under the bus, but some of the stuff that he says about sex and marriage is wrong. It's unbiblical. Some of the stuff that he talks about where 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 the woman should just fulfill every desire of of that husband is just, it's not biblical. And I think it's important for young men to hear different stories about sex within the context of marriage. Our, my relationship, I'll just say it like this, John, our relationship sexually with my wife is very simple. It's very simple. It's very, it's fulfilling, but it's very simple. And I think, I think some Christian men get the wrong idea about sex in the, as long as it's with my wife, anything goes, man, I'm telling you, you can, you the goal isn't to have lust for your wife. Lust is different than love, than real love, where where you're you're fulfilling each other in the context of a marital covenant. And so, pornography and some of this stuff that you see feeds feeds this this thing that's not real and it's not healthy for any of us. Yeah, I think for men out there who are married, one of the things that's really helped me is instead of thinking about having sex, put in the context of giving sex. So it, it's, as a man, my job <laughs> really in that role is, is to fulfill my wife. It's not about me. My body is not my own. And that's what the Bible says that my body belongs to her now. 
Now, obviously, hopefully there's a, a sense in which she's reciprocating that, but whether she is or not, that that's my role. You know, my role is to to give up my life for her like Christ did the church. And that includes, you know, my sexuality. Like it really the primary role in in physical intimacy with my wife is is to please her. And so, and and again, guys, I know that may sound like, oh, you're you're, you know, God's such a killjoy. He's not. He's not because because when it when it's good, when you have that kind of both emotional, spiritual, and physical intimacy in your marriage, that's something that most of the world doesn't have, and they would kill to have it if they knew how good it really is. And you know, back to this idea of just the distortion. I mean, let's again. I know we want to be careful and sensitive, but but just your wife's not going to look like most of these porn stars do, probably. I mean. Again, you don't want to set up these unhealthy expectations. And and then, men, let's just be brutally honest. You're not going to look like most of those guys do. They, they're not average guys. Hey, whoa. And, yeah. Wait so, a second. So think of, think, of, think of the insecurity and the things that that's going to bring into your marriage bed, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah, and exactly. I think, look, think, of, think about if your wife was watching porn or struggling with porn like you are, young man, if you are, how does that make you feel right now? Wouldn't that infuriate you? Wouldn't that make you insecure? Wouldn't you be, wouldn't you want to make sure she stopped that? So why are you doing that to her? Think about the insecurity you're bringing up in her. If you're going to be looking at that kind of stuff and, and you're going to be, she knows you're going to compare her to the stuff you're looking at and she can't compare just like you can't compare. So it it absolutely destroys intimacy in your future marriage. And, and I would just say, guys, you know, maybe maybe there's some guys listening today that are engaged, and they're they they're buying time. You know, they're like Brian and John. Hey, look, I know once I am married and I can have sex with my wife, I, this won't be an issue anymore. But I'm not married now, and so this is my outlet. I'm just telling you guys. I just want to warn you, it will not go away. Just because you can now be physically intimate once you're married and in and it's you know within the boundaries God has set, if you think that when that starts, that all of a sudden these temptations are going to go away, I just want you to know you're kidding yourself. That the devil's going to look for an opportune time to bring it back. You know, it could be when you and your wife are in conflict. What happens if your wife's dealing with an illness and, and you go an extended period of time and you can't be intimate or you know, you have a newborn in the home, whatever it's going to be, the devil will use that situation to bring this temptation back. You know, he's strategic. Uh, the Bible says that he's, he's prowling like a roaring lion. He's looking for those opportunities. Okay. So, so John, as we said already, our first strategy is to flee. But here's another thing that I think young men really need to get serious about, that you need to link up with other Christian men who can help you fight the battle. Ecclesiastes 4.12, it says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And so young men, if you don't have this, and I know, John, this is one of those areas where the enemy wants to keep us in isolation. This is really how sin always works is sin flourishes in isolation. I think about the very first sin when Adam and Eve sinned, Adam hid from God. And so young men, you are going to want to hide this problem. Don't do it. Now, I'm not saying you need to go up to your church on Sunday, get up on stage and tell the whole church that you've got a problem with this. But I am saying that you need to actively look for 
a couple of other guys, at least a couple of other guys that you can have as accountability partners, people that, that view this the way you do, that aren't going to just justify your problem. They might have the same problem. So you, you've got to be careful not to just join up with people where it's just like a, like a club, like you're all coming together every week and, and admitting you all failed once again. Like you need to hold each other accountable to have victory in this area. So you need some men in your life for this. Yeah, and I, I would say for the guys that, that are married, I think it's important to be honest with our wives, but I would not have your wife be your primary accountability partner because it just is going to bring that insecurity that you mentioned earlier, Brian, to your wife. Now, again, I, I would never hide anything from my wife if, if, if I had tripped up in an area and, and, and we were, you know, I'd want to be honest with her, but my wife doesn't need to know. And I firmly believe this. My wife doesn't need to know every time I have a lustful look at a woman walking across the street <laughs> because our wives have no idea right. how often, you know, that happens. So you need some other men in your life that can hold you accountable in this area. Yeah. And married men, your wife needs to know who your accountability partner is. And that's, I, that, that's how you handle that. As you say, look, and, and I think have this conversation if you're married say, look, it's not, it's not helpful probably for you to be my accountability partner, but here's who those people are for me. And here's their number, and you can reach out to them anytime you need to, and make sure your accountability partners know that. Make sure that she knows that. Yeah, because I'm with you, John. I remember years ago when when my wife was pregnant with with uh, I think it was with our second child, and I admitted to her that I had that I was attracted to this other woman. And again, I only did it because I recently saw a friend of mine fail majorly in this area. And I just was, I kind of was like the fear of the Lord was in me or something. I don't know. And I, so I was just like, all right, I'm just going to go all in and I'm going to, I'm going to confess everything to her. That was a mistake. That was definitely a mistake. Cause I, I think it became more than it was for her. And, and it, you know, she was pregnant and it was just not a good thing. So I'm with you, John. I think it's important to have accountability partners and it shouldn't be your And wife. guys, I know, I know you have to swallow your pride to do that. I get it. You know, Matthew 23, 12 says, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So I, it does take humility to call in other men to help you with this, because what you're saying is like, hey, I'm not going to win this on my own. And as a man, we don't like to admit that. We don't like to admit that we're probably going to lose. But, but again, if we humble ourselves, you know, God will lift us up. Um, only a fool would go into battle alone when he has the opportunity to have reinforcements and and I don't want to underestimate when we've said battle multiple times, but this really is a battle of life and death in a lot of ways because of the emotional death that this sin can cause, the relational death. So this is this is big stuff, guys. This is important. Yeah. And guys, remember, God, God isn't holding out on us. He's not, he's not withholding his grace. His grace is bigger than the failures we've made in this area. So maybe some of you are, are listening, and at this point, you just feel really guilty because you've struggled with this. Maybe you're afraid of your future because you've had a long struggle with this. You wonder if you're ever going to have a, a healthy sex life and marriage ever again because you've 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 you lost the battle of purity. I want you to know that God's grace is bigger than you think, and and God will give you this gift. But your part is really to get serious about it now. I find it interesting, Brian, that in so many other areas of our lives where God has given us boundaries, I think we recognize that they're for our good. You know, mo most, I think most guys that 
that handle money the way God calls us to handle money don't walk around on a daily basis and and feel like God is being stingy to them. But for whatever reason, with this issue of sexual purity, we seem to believe that God is being stingy, that he's holding back on us, that that he's keeping us from ultimate fulfillment. And I would just encourage the, the guys listening today that nothing could be further from the truth. God always has our best interest in mind. This isn't any different. His boundaries are always for our good. And if you think you're missing out on something because you're trying to be pure, let me, let me tell you what you're really missing out on. You're missing out on guilt. <laughs> you're missing out on shame. You're missing out on a distorted view of sex. You're missing out on wounds that are going to affect your sex life and your marriage. You're missing out on contributing to sex trafficking because that's what you are doing if you're getting stuck in pornography. So if you're, if you're not doing that, if you're fighting for your purity, those are really the things you're missing out on. And, and I guarantee you, God's not holding back in this area. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's good to really consider that. I think we, young men and all men, but young men need to really consider, like, you can break this cycle. You can break this cycle. You don't have to go with the flow of the rest of culture. I mean, God has set us apart as his church to be holy. Holy literally means set apart from the world. The called out ones, ecclesia is what the word is for the church. And we should, we should be called out from the world. We should be different from the world. And I know, you know, John, I don't know about what your, your boys say, but my son says he doesn't know a young man who doesn't struggle with this. And so young men, I want you to hear this. I know a lot of godly men who don't struggle with this, who, who have, who have won who are winning, I'll say it like this, who are winning this battle. Again, the battle's never over, but I've had victory in this area for decades. John, you've had victory for many, many years. We know other godly men in our churches, and this is part of part of why we've put this podcast together. Is we want to call people to biblical manhood and pornography and impurity and lust and sexual immorality, all this stuff that's running rampant in our culture is emasculating our men. It's making them impotent. It's keeping men from stepping up and leading like we're called to lead. That's why we wanted, we're so eager to cover this topic and we'll cover more topics like this, but we think this is going to keep you from owning your stuff. It's going to keep you from being a leader in your home, at work, in your church, in your community. And, and Satan loves that. He wants to make you feel worthless. He wants to make you feel like, like you'll never amount to anything. And as long as you're stuck in your, in your porn addiction, that's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to make you impotent. And I want to maybe conclude with a, a word of encouragement to the guys who have failed in this area. You said this a minute ago, Brian, but God's grace is bigger than any failures we've made. You know, First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So you can have a fresh start today. And I, I know I, I know there's some guys saying, yeah, but, you know, John and Brian, I've tried to have a fresh start 52 times now. You've got to have a, a changing of the mind, right? That's what true repentance really is. And in the New Testament in particular, the word picture behind repent is a changing of the mind. So ask God to help you to see this the way he sees it. Ask God to help you change your perspective, because when your perspective changes, when you see things the way God sees, then you'll act the way God wants you to act, and it'll allow you to turn and go the other way. 
Yeah, and really the best, the best solution, the best tactic for for living in victory in this area is to be more passionate about Jesus than you are about sex, which can become an idol, than you are about um, you know your your uh, whatever feelings you get because of your porn addiction. I mean, I think it's important for us to say that, John. I, I know that sounds like a really spiritual answer to this, but it really is the truth. If Young man, if you're focused on Jesus, like if you're connected to Jesus, if you're connected to the vine, it's so, it's so hard to live in sin. It's so hard to live in unrepentant sin if you're really focused on pursuing God. So I don't want you to think about that the, this, this battle is just all about what not to do. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't everything we've been talking about so far in this this episode. It's not just about what not to do. That's important. I think it's important for you to go back and listen to this again and really put into practice some of these practical things that we're talking about. But more important than what not to do is what you should do. You know, there, there's that story, John, that Jesus. I think it's Jesus that talks about the 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 demons get cast out and then they come back because because nothing. Nothing takes the place of the demons, and then they come back sevenfold or something like that. And that, that's what, really what I think any kind of addiction can, can be like, is that we, we try to fight the addiction, we kick out the addiction, whatever it is, but if we, don't, if we don't replace it, and it's more than replacing it with Jesus, it's like Jesus should have been there first, right? So it's almost like minimizing Jesus's impact in our lives to say you replace it with Jesus. But really, if we don't make sure that Jesus is moved in, that Jesus is the one who's at the center of this whole thing, then that addiction, that temptation is going to come back with force. And, and so the, the real solution here is what are you pursuing? If, if you're pursuing God, then it's so hard for impurity to live in that same place. Yeah, that really is a great point, Brian. Yeah, I know we did a sermon series on habits one time, and we talked about the power of replacing bad habits with a good habit. Like you said, you can't just leave it empty. You need to replace it with something. And so how are you pursuing God? Imagine if you put the same amount of energy and effort into looking for ways to be in his word, to be in prayer, maybe fasting, maybe solitude. Imagine if you if you use the same ingenuity to do those things as you do hiding your porn addiction. Yeah. So that means spiritual disciplines like, you know, like you said, fasting, Bible study, prayer, um, connection, finding a small group, a men's group, meeting with your accountability partner, discipling somebody, which is of course our biggest thing we talk about. Look, if, if the greatest way to own your faith, the greatest way to live in victory from some of the stuff you've struggled with is to teach someone else how to do it is to walk with someone else younger than you, you know, because I know for me, John, I think one of the reasons I feel like I didn't struggle like so many other friends did with pornography is even as a young man, I was always discipling people. I was always trying to help other people younger than me. And, you know, when you're trying to help a young person and you know, a young person's looking up to you, like you're, that gives you extra motivation not to, not to set a bad example not to be a hypocrite if you're talking about topics like this with them. And so all of these spiritual disciplines are so important to have in your life. 
guys, especially for the young guys out there, you just expect everything to come easily to you. You just expect, oh, I tried, I failed. I guess it's, I guess it's not in the cards for me. I tried. No, this this really takes like a, a whole new commitment to a whole new way of living. That's what you meant. That's what that word repentance is. Repentance is, like you said, John, it's a change of mind. It's a change of heart. It's like doing a 180. That's what repentance is. Repentance is saying, I, I recognize that the way I was heading was wrong, and now I'm turning around and I'm heading in your direct. I'm pointed in Christ's direction now. And then the fruit of repentance is when you begin to walk in that. And that means that your daily life looks different than it did before. So if you think you're going to have victory, young man, and you're not willing to delete some of these apps from your phone, you're not willing to change some of your habits. Because I know that the, the, you know, dark, the dark hole that people can go dive down into, you know, on their apps. And it, again, it starts off innocently enough. It's just, you're kind of just wasting time. You're just mindlessly watching stuff. And pretty soon the algorithm starts feeding you the stuff that it knows you really are going to be lusting after. And that that's how it happens. So again, go back to those basic habits in your life, evaluate, do an audit, do a habit audit in your life and say, what are the things that I'm doing in my life that just are not helpful? They're not helpful. And at the end of the day, it's those are some of the areas where the enemy has a foothold in my life. And then as you're doing that, again, guys, flee. Don't see how close you can get to the line without stepping over. And get a couple of buddies in that can be accountability partners with you and battle this thing together.